Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Thursday, the 22nd of December. I'm Derek Clark, and I'm delighted to say we're joined on this uh, bright and breezy December morning by Adam Thornton. How are we getting on, Adam? Not bad, thank you, Derek. Just uh, winding down now very much for a, hopefully a quiet couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 that'll be right. Um, uh, let's talk football then. Let's talk Rangers. That's why people are, are tuning in. Uh, before we do that, folks, you can see the banner on your screen. Um, if you want to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, it'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, over, I think, about 10,500 of you now uh, subscribing, which is, which is great. Uh, and you can see the little ticker below that. We've got our offer on the website, just uh, £1 uh, for two months worth of content. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Right, Adam, um, uh, we spoke, um, it was on yesterday with, with Stevie Clifford, um, it was at the morning after, the, the night before. Um, what was your, your your main takeaways from Tuesday night at Pataudry? I think uh, at 94 minutes, I don't think anyone would have predicted that sort of comeback, uh, Scott Arfield uh, at the double, and it changes the mood completely. Um, what was your what was your, your main uh, takeaways from it? Um. I like you said, obviously fantastic to get to get the win when when it's the ninety fourth minute, um, and you're here getting beat. That absolutely goes without saying. But, and I think we have seen this. I think people have, have sort of recognised that that's great to have that that win. But let's not excuse um, how poor the performance was. I think sometimes we can be quite guilty of that. This time last year, when Van Bronckhorst came in and got got all those wins and and clean sheets, we were heralding him um, uh, as being a hero when the performances. If we're honest, we weren't great. We got a key couple of key moments going our way and we managed to get a few um results, such as maybe Hibs away, etc. So I think everybody has been quite sensible about it. I don't think anybody's going over the top and saying fantastic two wins against Aberdeen and Hibs. That must mean we're we're doing great. Um for me, we haven't played well. We played well against Hibs in the second half. Um and I thought we had a couple of nice moments in the first half against Aberdeen, but nowhere near consistent enough. And I think the manager has has said that himself. So um, great to get the wins. Obviously, that's that is the most important thing. But for me, we need to see performances improving and becoming um, more consistent. Not even across ninety minutes, but across four, five, six games. That's the better barometer for me in terms of how things are, are going to go. But obviously, results um, are, are great to get in the meantime as well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, let's touch on the. I don't think uh, we discussed uh, Connor Goldson's uh, comments to Rangers uh, TV. It sparked a bit of a debate uh, uh, after the game um, when he said, uh, speaking about about the match against Aberdeen, of course, making his comeback uh, after two months out. He says it obviously wasn't pretty, but again, it's three points. Uh, we said in there, meaning the dressing room, and uh, probably the last two games in the last weeks we probably wouldn't have won those games. I've obviously been watching from the stands. Hopefully now we can get a bit of confidence back as a whole group and start picking up three points more often. It hasn't been nice and we've con when we've conceded, it's looked like we can't come back into games. Obviously the boys have tried their best, but it hasn't happened. Uh, we haven't created chances, whereas today we kept going uh, and luckily got two chances and Scotty put them uh, away. Um, what do you make of those comments? Uh, and I think he's, I think he's right. To, to be honest, I don't think. Uh, I think uh, a few weeks ago you wouldn't have envisaged that. Fact. I didn't think that Rangers team would have came back. Actually, on the 94th minute, Scott Arfield had a couple of chances. I didn't see it happening. Can't remember the last time it's happened. To be honest, uh, um, very few late, late uh, comebacks like that. But um, certainly, uh, if, if, if the players are talking about that in the dressing room, 
there's a realism there and hopefully uh, it can ignite a bit of confidence and momentum. Yeah, I kind of look at it the other way as well. Like, it's probably a throwaway line. We've all said that, like, oh, we'd have yeah. lost that game last year, or we'd have we'd have done this, we'd have done that. But why wouldn't they have been capable of coming back a, a month ago? The inference yeah. that I take from that there is that the players didn't have the confidence in what they were trying to do, or, or the confidence in the manager. Maybe that's reading too much into it. I, I don't know, but you'd have to ask yourself why. So I would sort of lay that back on the players and say, well, yeah. why Why was that an issue a month ago? Um, what has changed? Is it just the manager and you want to play for this manager? That's not great either. So um, <laughs> it's an interesting one. Um, in terms of the comeback as well, I think we probably need to be realistic. You know, when, you, when you're trailing a game and you get into the 85th minute and everybody will say, we'll get one chance. We need to take it. Yeah. Um, we know we'll get one chance. There is an element of luck involved in that as well. Like Ryan Kent's shot, okay, he's playing a little bit more centrally. He can hit it with his left foot. It's a pretty hit and hope effort. Long, long shot, kind of daisy cutter. The keeper spills it. So you could argue we get a bit of luck there with the mistake. Arfield gambling going in is, is fantastic. And then maybe with the goal as well, the, the winner as well. Tillman does great, gets the ball over, but the header drops for Goldson, which very rarely happens for us as well. So yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily symbolic of a change in mentality or a change in this or that we're going for it and, and it was we we unlocked the defence or anything like that I think you could look at it a couple of ways and say look sometimes the luck falls for you and sometimes it doesn't um, what I think we just need is, is more evidence I guess of that mentality and character that they're, they're talking about but undoubtedly I think to keep going up at Pataudry and to keep kind of knocking on the door, particularly when Arfield came on, the amount of shots and chances that he had really driving yeah. that driving that forward, I think was was great to see. Um, and you, a win, any win at Pataudry is is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but in that manner, is is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was sweet. Uh, Kev Armstrong gets in touch. Uh, morning, Kev. He says we moan when footballers and managers give copy and paste answers, so we can't complain when they tell us the truth, especially when it's something the fans have been saying uh, too. Uh, if you remember, it was about uh, just uh, last season when uh, Goldson came out after that uh, League Cup semi against Hibs, and he was uh, talking about uh, it made some uh, controversial comments at the time, and it sparked a bit of debate as well. He certainly is one to to speak his mind uh, and. Yeah, it's uh, interesting comments, but hopefully it can those sort of wins uh, it can't not breed confidence in what has been a, a beleaguered dressing room, there's no doubt about it. In terms of his return, Adam, it was great to see him back uh, in the team again. I think uh, he's, he's, I think Rangers have, have no doubt uh, missed him. Ben Davis is another one where we've seen where I don't think, think that the James Sands uh, idea that he can play centre-back should be... Uh, uh, put put to the back burner. I don't think that that has worked. Uh, John Lundstrom, likewise, you just need to touch wood that, that um, Davis and Goldson can uh, steer uh, injury, uh, steer clear from injury. Yeah, I think Goldson was was really really good um, on Tuesday night. Obviously, we were a little bit slack defensively. I think both both the goals sort of came from errors or misjudgments from from Sands, as as you've said. Um, Goldson Davies will will be the strongest that we have, I think, in terms of the in terms of yeah. the the partnership there. The big question, weirdly, given Goldson's been out longer, is how how durable Davies is going to be. It feels like so. Um, yeah. That'll be interesting to see. But we do need them back. I think those two played played very very well in that period that they had. Um, Sands, yeah, not great. I think there's probably a case that maybe in certain games he would be fine to come in, whether it's to give Davies a, a break or anything like that at centre-back. But personally, I would rather that any of those minutes are going to Leon King over over yeah. James Sands right now from a development point of view. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At this stage uh, of the season, Adam, are you signing them on a, on a permanent deal? Or uh, I, I think a lot of Rangers fans are, uh, if they had a toss-up between Tillman and Sands, it's, it's Tillman all day long. Oh, definitely. 100% Tillman all day long. With Sands, if the figures are three and a half, four million, absolutely no chance. Probably mm. absolutely no chance, regardless of the budget that we've got. Um, but a little bit less than that, maybe. Um, there might be a deal there around about one and a half million or so. But again, it depends. If we've only got five million, then no, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but if we've got 10, 15 million quid lying around, which I don't think we have, then yeah. possibly someone like that coming in who might have a couple of good years and you can sell them on for, for a wee bit more. Um that's where we would love to get to, taking those sort of, not necessarily punts, but taking those players in, giving them a home for two or three years, getting them a bit of experience with European football, hopefully winning trophies domestically, and then trying to, to flip them on for uh, even just a couple of million more. That's what I would like us to get to, but I'm not sure we're at that that stage of the, the rebuild or the finances at that stage yet. Yeah, it's very early early days. Uh, CGM55 says uh, Colson was blowing a fair bit by the end. Uh, can he go again tomorrow? He did say that he was absolutely knackered and, and uh, understandable considering he's only had two training sessions, uh, he said. And uh, Michael Beale said afterwards he wouldn't have trusted any other player if it wasn't Connor Golson to, to pitch him in. But listen, he's he, he, he's played, God, he rarely misses games since he's been here, Adam. Uh, aside from that, that injury layoff, he'll be itching to play on Friday night. Won't he? Would, you, would you start him on Friday? Um, probably not, to be honest, just because of that. I think he'll have been amped up and got through that game on adrenaline. So um, maybe not, or maybe start him and bring him off on the hour or something like that. Again, it, it probably depends how, how that game is going, really, with him. But um, I think maybe Davies and King on on Friday would be would be a good shout, get both of them back in. It may be, like I said, that we, we he goes with, I don't know, Goldson and King for the first 60 minutes or so and then brings on Davies just to try and give them all a wee bit of minutes ahead of uh, ahead of the fixture run that's that's coming up, but um, I, I would say if we could get away with not playing Goldson on Friday night and just leave him to Motherwell and give him that week and a bit of recovery, I think that might be best. Yeah, um, I tend to agree, but uh, knowing Connor Goldson will be one of the first players to put his hand up wanting to want to play in the game. And let's get to some of the comments that are coming in here uh, with regards to that 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 game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Caroline says uh, Michael Bill said we'd see some new faces in the squad tomorrow. I'm intrigued. At this point, uh, he's coming for a bit of criticism after Tuesday night, Adam. Uh, William White says, uh, need to drop Big Allen tomorrow night. Um, what did you make of the goals that the Aberdeen scored? Um, we done a bit of analysis on them yesterday, where especially the free kick, I think it was uh, 0.10 XG, the post shot, so it tells you that it really Rangers should have done better with that. The, the second one, uh, it's a really good hit from the boy Clarkson, but it's 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 close to McGregor. Um, should he have done better? And would you like to see a change in goal? Yeah, I don't think either of them are in the in the top corner, or or either of them are, are particularly fantastic. Um, particularly the free kick, like you said, because that's coming over onto his side. If you like, I don't know if it's caught in blindside and he's expecting it's going to go over the wall and curl round. Um, I'm not sure, but even with that, the fact that it kind of goes through him if you like it's not above him or, or to the side it just kind of goes through him um as a as a reactions thing i think and, and that's maybe something that he just he gets to at this age yeah. uh, in terms of um in terms of a, another goalkeeper i'm on record as thinking mclaughlin was very harshly treated for a lot of fans that display at celtic is their red line and they can't ever get back from that and i think that's absolutely fine um whether or not he would come in and make such a huge difference in terms of goal uh, saving goals, etc. I'm not 100%. He would give us a little bit more in terms of playing out from the back, etc. But I just think at this time, 
of Michael Beale's um, managerial career at Rangers. I think the least risky option is probably still McGregor. I think we know McGregor's mentality. Okay, he's been at fault for one or two of those goals. I think we know that he'll get over that and get going with it, maybe more than, than fans think of McLaughlin. So I think, for me, the safest option probably out of the two is McGregor, but I think both are, are flawed options. So, um, again, I'm not sure whether it's really right to pitch Robbie McCrory in right now as well either. I think that might be a decision that they maybe want to make in the, the summer um, or whether we go and get someone else. But I think for now, if you pushed me on it, I would say what's going to cause the least amount of panic. Up-pulling. Yeah, yeah, panic both within the fan base and, and making mistakes, <laughs> etc. I'd probably say McGregor still. Yeah. Would you like, I mean, a lot of fans are saying uh, a goalkeeper needs to be bought in January. Uh, if not January, then uh, the summer. Um, would you go along with that, Adam? Is that is that a priority for you in, in the in the transfer window coming up? I had hoped that we would get. I'd hoped we could deal with McLaughlin as the keeper for for a year or two. I think there would have been if we'd had a um, maybe a different set of circumstances in terms of the Champions League and the injuries and performances and things. I think we might still have been been okay with that for a, a year or two as a stopgap to allow us to um, invest in other positions, maybe a bit better. Um, but I think we. Always thought that coming into this summer, um, we really need to start looking at another number one, whether that's someone um, who's a kind of 28-year-old solid pro or whether that's someone who's a little bit younger with a lot of potential. I don't really know. I'd probably verge on on the former there in terms of being a a Rangers goalkeeper, but I think we probably want to be looking at that in the summer. The the issue that we've got, I guess, is that the priorities that we thought we fixed last summer haven't been fixed, so we then need to come in this summer and think about, okay, well, we need a goalkeeper, we probably need a, a rotation option right back, we probably need another centre-half, we probably need two midfielders and we probably need two attackers, so um, there is just a, a lot to do. Um, we're not, I don't know how, I don't know if we're expecting huge amounts to happen in January, Derek, in terms of finances, etc. I would hope so, but uh, I'm not sure, but certainly the next two windows are going to be big. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. <laughs> JT gets in touch here. Damn bit late. I McGregor needs this needs to be his last year. He was in my class in primary school, and I'm ancient. So uh, there you go, JD, uh, giving his uh, thoughts on the goalkeeping situation. Uh, John Dooley, a uh, good friend of the show, gets in touch. Uh, morning, John says good morning, Derek and Adam. In case I'm not on tomorrow, I want to wish everyone a very merry Christmas and merry Christmas to you too, John, uh, and all. Uh, the subscribers and the viewers uh, and listeners, of course, we are on, on podcast as well. So uh, good to have your company. Hopefully Santa is good to you all. Um, let's get to one or two more of these comments coming in. Um, touching on what, what Mikey Bill said after that game, Adam, uh, it did say that changes uh, would be made for the trip to Ross County. Graham Mitchell gets in touch. Morning, lads. Hopefully Lowry gets a chance in the team. I haven't seen him yet. It was interesting. Prior to the Hibs game, he says he was very close to starting the game, but we've not seen him. There was a bit of angst from uh, some quarters that Scott Wright got on the other night uh, as opposed to Lowry. Um, what did you make of that? And Would you like to see Lowry uh, in Dingwall tomorrow? Definitely, yeah. I, I think Michael Beale loves to talk. We know that. He, he's, he's, great for a, <laughs> he's great for a soundbite, whereas Gio maybe wasn't, um, wasn't as forthcoming uh, and, and that had its challenges as well. So I think we're enjoying hearing about when players are going to be available and hearing about this player possibly coming into the team, etc. But it maybe needs to happen, I guess. Like he said 10 days ago, Goldson and Davies are fit. Then neither of them played against Hibs. And now we find out Goldson's only had two training sessions in a week and a half. And you're like, well, what is actually happening there? So I don't know whether 
he maybe just plays the game a little bit and gives us some information out to get us kind of excited about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that's been the same with Lowry. I know he has struggled with injuries this year um, as well. I don't know if maybe he means he's back and he's available when he's in first team training, but he'll still be six weeks away or whatever from actually making a contribution. I don't know, but fans just get so amped up about it. But um, for me, 100%, um, I think we're reaching a, a point now where we're going to have Lowry, Hadji, Tillman and Lawrence all there and available and it's interesting to kind of see what what he looks to do because if he's playing with two strikers as he seems to want to play with and he's also playing with Kent centrally there's kind of only really one slot there and it's it's Tillman Tillman has it just now but then how do we fit in even another one of Lawrence Lowry Hadji um, so that's going to be quite interesting to see. He even mentioned that he didn't want to play Tillman and Arfield together. That was a, a kind of either or as well. So um, I'm not sure where all these players are going to go. It's a nice, it's a nice problem we have, absolutely. But I think for now that that jersey that I can see Lowry filling is Tillman's at the minute. So mm. absolutely bringing him on with 20 minutes to go. 100% would have had him on um, before Scott Wright uh, on on Tuesday night when you're looking to unlock a defence. Not sure Scott Wright's the man for that. Um, so I would have had him on then. Um, but I guess we'll need to wait and see what happens on Friday. But definitely I'd like him to play a part uh, over the next few few months, as I think he probably should have been over the last year or so. Yeah. And where do you stand? You mentioned Arfield there. There has been some comments that he should start. He deserves to start. But I think uh, <laughs> I see you shaking your head. He's an impact player for me. Uh, he's, he's a brilliant impact player. Um, but I think you get a lot more from him bring, bringing them on in games as opposed to starting games. Where do you stand in that? No, 100%. I, I've been a massive fan of Arfield from, from when he joined. Um, I, I thought it was a big part of 55, that sort of autumn yeah. spell where uh, he was on fire and scoring those goals against Hibs and Galatasaray, etc. Um, I thought he was really, really good. But he should be a rotation option, 100%. A very good rotation option. We see, we do see him coming on and, and he changes games. That Hibs game I mentioned this time last year when, when Roof got the penalty, Roof and Arfield come on yeah. um, and really changed that game and got us in the game and got us working and passing um, in that attacking third. And he did the same again on, on Tuesday night. Fantastic. But if history tells us anything, it's that um, he'll either pick up a knock or, or he'll, um, if he comes in the team for four or five games, his impact sort of lessens. So I'm the same as you. Impact sub, I think he's probably quite happy playing that impact sub role, yeah. to be honest. Um, if this is his last six months at the club, then then fair enough. I think you could argue he's probably played too much this year already and we maybe has been part of our problem. We've had to rely on Scott Arfield to come in when we've had injuries or other players haven't been playing as well. But for me, I think that is the sweet spot for him. Starting maybe one out of four or five games and coming on and having an impact in, in two or three of them, um, I think that's fantastic because that what he gives you in terms of getting beyond the strikers. We don't have very much of no. that. You could argue Lawrence is, is capable of doing that as well. That is the role that we need filled. That's someone coming from that right-hand side of midfield who will go up and get beyond the strikers, has a goal threat, etc. Um, the other big thing with Arfield, I think, is he's a good finisher and his movement is great, but he's not like consistently a great finisher. He will miss some chances. We've seen in yeah. the Aberdeen game, he missed a couple. The Braga game, we mentioned six oh, months ago, or whatever, where he missed that. He missed that sitter. So yeah. he is quite inconsistent in, in that sense as well so I don't think it should be he needs to start every game from, from now on he has pulled us out the mire as Ian Campbell said quite a lot but I think if yeah. we can manage that and, and get him in the, get him in the games at the right moments for him to make the impact he did on Tuesday night 100% but I'm not sure he's even got the physicality to be starting every week um, at the age yeah. he's up 
Yeah, and it's, it's a comment that agrees with you coming in here. It says, Arfield is a great sub, not a starter in most games. Can't believe he was starting no. three games a week earlier this season. I can't believe that either, to be honest. He was uh, yeah, he, he was asked to go to the well too many times. I think everyone with eyes uh, could have seen that. It was, uh, um, yeah, the Rangers were, were asking, I think, him to do a, just a bit too much. There's no doubt about it. Um, let's get to one or two more of the, the comments coming in here. World's Greatest DJ says, uh, what's the situation with Cholak, lads? Well, Michael Beale did say, uh, in his pre-Aberdeen press conference that he would be available for Friday. Um, I had a little bit of a knock that came that, that, that occurred just prior to the Hibs game uh, that kept him out of Aberdeen as well. So um, I'm expecting to see him on Friday, Adam. I think I think you'll get a, a, a shot up top. Do you go along with that? Yeah, what I found quite interesting, I guess, was that when he said he came out of the... It was the last training session, wasn't it? Before the before the Hibs game, he said he pulled up with a with a bit of a knock. Yeah. It was going to be it was going to be Morelos and Cholak up front, which mm-hmm. um, is quite interesting to me. I guess Sakala. I was going to say Sakala's played well, but you know what you get with Sakala. It's probably quite yeah. similar to Arfield, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Sakala scored a great goal against Hibs. Don't think many people are talking about that just because it came sandwiched in between Hibs uh, goals, but fantastic mm-hmm. finish across the keeper with his left foot. Um, and then he was in the area on Tuesday night. The first goal, the first shot probably sums him up, but then the second one to get in there and and get the goal, I think. Um, so there's maybe an argument that he would be harshly treated to to come out. Um, but at the same time, we know he is a bit of an impact streaky player as well. So be interesting to see how Morelos and Cholak work. Um, I haven't thought Morelos has been fantastic, if I'm if I'm honest, over those two games. Um, Cholak's link up play etc was getting better before um, before the, the World Cup break so if it is those two up front that then means that we need even more support coming up from midfield so guys like Tillman or, or, or the fullbacks coming up or even Jack and Kamara trying to get forward a little bit more than they have um, but it'll be interesting to see I think having the both of them playing we need more goals even though we've scored three yeah. goals in both those games the quality of the chances that we're creating aren't fantastic we've done well in those individual moments to make those chances count we need more goals that is yeah. the most obvious way to do it is to get two guys in who have scored um a bunch of goals yeah. for us yeah and david p gets in touch uh just to get the comment up here he says uh, what's happened to roof thought he was training a couple of weeks ago i think michael Beale did say he wanted to sort of ease him back there's no point getting him back and then breaking down again i think they're just taking their time over over him adam he did mention him quite a lot and his unveiling um he's a player that he admires a lot and, and he's one for me if rangers can get a, a, a string of games i think as unlikely as it is it, it could be it could be massive but i, I don't have much hope uh, of that based on his previous injury record no um and if they're taking a bit of time with them to get them back in, that's that's fine. But I'm kind of the opinion with Roof that it doesn't really matter what you do, whether you're, you're taking a bit of time for them to get fully over yeah. an injury. Another one is never is never really far behind. So in a way, you sort of may as well just um, just fire them in. Um, but I guess if you're looking at it um, on Tuesday night when we took Sakala off, Scott Wright was his replacement, and we were two one down. So. Um, You'd want a striker coming on then. I know Sakala Sakala is a striker um, by by trade, but we maybe play him more as a winger. But you would want to be bringing on more firepower there, and we've we've brought on less, if you like. So um, the sooner we get Roof back in the squads and get him contributing, um, I think that would be fantastic in terms of updates, etc. I don't know. We can ask at the press conference t- today, possibly. But yeah. um, he has been in training for a bit, and he did say he was he was taking it easy. Um, but like I said, we badly need goals. Um, and Roof and Arfield and, and Cholak 
um, if we can get them coming back into form to help Morelos and to help um, Sakala, then that'd be fantastic. Yeah, and Alan says, uh, what time is the press conference today? One o'clock it is, Adam. Uh, we'll get to speak to the manager and whatever player that the Rangers pop up. Uh, and speaking about Scott Wright, John Dooley has uh, directed a question at you, Adam, here. He's come in for a bit of stick uh, after Tuesday. says, uh, does Adam think that Scott Wright has now run out of chances at Rangers? A lot of supporters have made their mind up on him. Uh, he's had a number of opportunities and not necessarily mm. grabbed his chance when it's uh, come along, Adam. I think he's he's a decent enough player. Is he Rangers uh, class? So um, that is a that, that is a question. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think he is, and I think depends. I, I'm not sure there was ever really an expectation for us that he would come in and be a, a first team starter when he when he signed, which is what is that two years now coming up pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. For me, it was always his skill set was kind of similar to to Ryan Kent in terms of maybe dribbling and. Uh, and getting the ball in rather than being, I don't know, a, a striker or, or quite or like a ball player, if you like. So um, I had thought he might just come in and be like a sort of rotation slash backup option for Kent to give him um, give him some minutes, etc. But I think at the age he was when he joined, I think 23, he's 25 now. I think what you see is what you get. Um, I'm not sure he's going to have any kind of sort of Indian summer at Rangers and, and nail down a, a first team place. He has contributed in patches. Obviously, the the, the goal in the final um, was was great. Um, but no, I think if we're being honest, this this um, Scottish quota player rule thing for for Europe has probably seen him um, still here. Um, he's an interesting one though for me to think. How much money could you get for someone like that in the open market? I know we think of oh, Scott Wright, he's rubbish, etc. But we have made a fair bit of money from from these type of signings. Like George Edmondson came in for a couple of hundred grand. Jordan Jones came in for free. Um, yep. and we made a bit of cash on them. Um, not huge amounts, but we've made a couple of hundred thousand each on them uh, from what I think. So how much money, when you look at Scott Wright's CV, I'm sure an agent could say he's played in the in European League, final. Played in the Europa League final. He scored in a Scottish yeah. Cup. He's won 55. Yeah. Like, Decent CV be interesting to see how much money we could get for someone like that we just think automatically of 500 grand or whatever but that could be one in the summer to think right well could we actually get a decent bit of cash there because we could bum him up a wee bit more and, and try and get him out and get someone else in and sort of try and start that cycle again but as James says as well end product is a big thing for him yeah. um, as well as it is for for quite a few of them if, if we're being honest but yeah I don't think um, I don't think he's a player that um, is going to go on and nail down a first team slot anytime soon yeah uh, the blue baron gets in touch Edmondson could have been great he is uh, doing well down there at Ipswich the fridge as he's affectionately known uh, just uh, just uh, just competition for places in that back lane just prevented him from uh, getting an opportunity and I think he was part of that, that Covid 5 if I'm not mistaken uh, way was, back yeah. in the, the 55 uh, winning season that, did, that didn't help matters but uh, good lad all the same and wish him all the best down there uh, at uh, Portman Road, I think is uh, where Ipswich play. Um, this I wanted to touch on this just before we, we wrap up. Uh, Adam, uh, I see uh, he's been getting a bit of stick for the comments he's been making back in his homeland. Uh, Steely FM says uh, Barisic saying the World Cups took a lot out of him, so can't see him back anytime soon. Uh, I've been more than happy with Adam Devine at left back. This is uh, Bonner was speaking uh, in, in Croatia. Uh, he's he's back there with the, the, the World Cup squad. He says, uh, I wore myself out to the maximum, both physically and mentally. Honestly, the tournament was very stressful. Japan was the worst for me because I played. And of course, it went to penalties too. But in the end, it paid off. It's what you become a footballer for. 
Uh, I'm not sure if it's a wee bit of a lost in translation there uh, with regards to his comments, Adam, but uh, he's, he's coming for a bit of stick from from some with regards to that. But in, what Steely FM says here, I think Adam Devine has done uh, a sterling job in the last two games. He has done. Um, whether or not we know the importance Michael Beale play, put, plays on, sorry, Michael Beale puts on fullbacks in terms of getting forward and goals and assists, etc. Whether Adam Devine is, is going to do that right now, uh, I'm not convinced, but certainly defensively and supporting Ryan Kent and getting himself forward and getting into decent positions, I think he's been, he's been absolutely fine considering he is very young, playing on the wrong side um, and not very left foot at all. I think he has been good. The Barisic thing, um, hopefully it's taken out of context because it's <laughs> not ideal when you've played two games at the World yeah. Cup and you're saying you're physically and mentally exhausted, particularly when you're a player that most of the fan base think has a mental weakness yeah. anyway and you've probably proved on more than a few occasions that you're maybe not as, as confident a player as you really, really should be given... Um, given your career, given the performances that you've put in. So I think that's maybe a little bit of confirmation bias from, from us as well. But then when you see Kylian Mbappe turning up at PSG training four days after um, the World Cup and Barisic just saying he's knackered when he's played 200-odd minutes, I think it's quite right that fans will be a little bit sceptical about it. There is another side to that as well, that Yilmaz had the jersey, I think, just about when when he got injured. Yilmaz came in and played that Aberdeen game. I think he played the game before as well. So... If you're Barisic, would you not want to be hammering it back to impress the manager who knows you before, etc.? Would you not want to be getting yourself back? By all means, have have a week off or have five days off, whatever it is. But would you not then want to get back, particularly the situation that we're in just now? We mm. don't have a left back, natural left back there, and the new manager's come in, and there's a player champing at the bit when he's fit to, to take your jersey. For me, I think you would be wanting to get back and impress his as quickly as you can so hopefully it is a little bit lost in transition translation yeah. he, he doesn't really mean i'm knackered after playing two games in a month um because that would not be ideal yeah uh yeah bonapars michael Beale did say he should be back uh available in contention for the mother Rule game on the 28th so uh we'll look on that uh, with interest okay folks that'll do us there thanks to everyone for getting in touch with the program as ever it's greatly appreciated thanks to adam also for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, Merry Christmas, Adam, and Merry Christmas to all our subscri uh, subscribers and the viewers and listeners uh, as well, because uh, I'm off tomorrow, so you'll get, uh, I think it's Johnny and Joshua that are in the chair. So, uh, yeah, enjoy them. Hopefully your team wins uh, tomorrow night, uh, and I'll speak to you again uh, uh, next week. Okay, bye for now. <laughs>